Easter Reading Challenge 2020, Day 4, John 17. Are you ready? Let's go! All right, welcome back, everybody. We are in the middle of an Easter reading challenge where we are reading a chapter of John a day for Holy Week. And we started with John 14 and Easter Sunday, we're gonna hit John 20 with the resurrection. And on Monday, we'll finish up John with John 21. So basically, this is just a good challenge for us to be into the word daily, reading and thinking and meditating on it every day. And the podcast, this is just a good opportunity to share some uh, key verses, some highlights that stand out to me that hopefully encourage you. So we are jumping right in with John 17, better known, better known as the High Priestly Prayer. This chapter, if you're familiar with it, there is so much in it. We could go verse by verse. I remember um, a Bible study of mine about a year or two years ago, we went through John 17 and it took us three weeks uh, to get through it. And there's just so much to it, but we're going to do this in about five to 10 minutes, short and sweet, just going to pick out a few highlights for you. Um, But let me just divide out the chapter for you real quick. There's three main sections for you. Uh, Basically, let's look here. John one through five. 1 through 5. John 17, 1 through 5. Basically, this whole chapter is a prayer. And John 17, 1 through 5 is where Jesus is praying for himself. Um, and we'll we'll see that. I'll pick out a verse from there and we'll look at that. And then he transitions from John 6 through, uh, let me see, 19, where he is praying for the disciples. And then John 20 through 26 He's actually praying for disciples who will come later, believers who will come later, like you, like me. He's praying for us at the end of John 17. It's it's amazing. All right. So now that we've divided up, let me just find a verse from each section here. John 17, 1 through 5, Jesus is praying to the Father about himself. Um basically saying things like uh, in verse four, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I wasn't planning on talking about that, but that alone, glorify me in your own presence with the glory I had with you before the world existed. Jesus is eternal. He was not created He didn't have a beginning. He is without beginning. He is God. He's God incarnate. I love that. The glory I had with you before the world existed. That's powerful, mind-blowing, right? So the verse I really wanted to hit on real quick was eternal life. We we tend to think of, sometimes, we tend to think of uh, eternal life, heaven, as um, fire insurance. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I believe in Jesus because I don't want to go to hell, right? And cool, I'm good to go. That's eternal life. I'm just going to be in heaven. It's just going to be all bliss, all great. Yeehaw. <laughs> well, look at verse three. Jesus himself defines eternal life. He says, 
And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I love that. Eternal life starts now. When we know God, the only true God, and know Jesus Christ, who God sent, then we have eternal life and we have it now. Getting to know him more and more and more. It's not something we just wait for when we die. It's like the idea of when we, uh, when we got married. We didn't make our wedding vows, our marriage vows, saying, yeah, when we retire, I'll take care of you. It'll be good. You take care of me when we retire. It's like, no, it's now. It's the here and now. The covenant the, between the, the husband and the wife is for now. When we become followers of Jesus and he calls us and he saves us, that's for now, eternal life now. So yes, let's look forward to heaven. Uh, we just talked about that in John 15 a couple days ago. Um, nope, John 14, Jesus went to prepare a place for us. So heaven is real and we need to have a hope for heaven. But eternal life starts now. All right, let's keep going. Verses 6 through 18, he is praying for uh, his disciples. Um, and let's just look here. Here we go. Let's look at verse 15. This is, this is really good. He's praying to the Father. Um, in verse 14, he says this, I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. So we've got the idea here in verse 14, the world hates them. The world doesn't understand and they hate them. But Jesus isn't saying, all right, God, the world hates them. Take them out of the world. Get them out. Bring them home. No. He's saying, don't take them out of the world. While they are in the world, experiencing this hard time, experiencing this difficulty, keep them from the evil one. Protect them, watch over them. So an idea that I have is if we're going through hard times now, he's there for us, desiring that we're here in this world, but that we would continue to be faithful to him continue to be faithful to him despite the storms, despite the hard times that we might go through. And, oh man, there's so much more here, but let's just keep going, right? Let's keep going. And finally, verses 20 through 26. Just listen. I I so encourage you to read this. Um, It encourages me when I went to read this um, for this recording. It's, It's encouraging. Listen, Jesus says in verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Look at that, the idea of unity, the idea of coming together as one, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. There is something to that even when it comes to evangelism, the way we live, the way we treat each other, the way we care for each other and love each other. 
Oh, there's so much here, guys. Um, so let's just let's just stop there. No, I can't. 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I and them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. I'm just going to keep going here. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Listen, I'm going to wrap it up there. Dig into this chapter. Look into it. Read through it once. Get an overview of what's going on. And then go back. Read it again. Read through that first section where he's praying for himself, 1 through 5. Read through the second section, 6 through eight, six through 19, where he's praying for his disciples. I mean, just that alone. He's praying for his disciples. That alone is mind-boggling. And then mind-blowing. He's praying for us for you, for me, in verses 20 through 26. So my challenge today, read this chapter. Don't skip it. Don't use this as, hey, I listened to this podcast. We're good. Dig into 17. Read through it. All right. Well, that's all I have for you today. I look forward to tomorrow reading John 18 with you, and I'll talk to you real soon.